Hey there, it's Ron. I just want to give a quick shout out to the narrator San Diego, which celebrated its second anniversary this week. I'm so proud of my friends, Robert and Mary, and the special thing they've created out there. Bravo to them and Tiger Tiger Tavern and all the storytellers that make that show great. Our next show in Denver will take place on Wednesday, September 20th at Bumport Theater. The theme will be space. I'll see you there. Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from Chicago-based stand-up comic Kelly Howard. Her story was recorded live on August 16th, 2017 at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was Crossing Over. Uh, this is a story about how I became a Jew. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking J-E-W. No, I'm the broke Jew, J-U-E. My husband's Asian. Uh, true story. So we met, I was doing stand-up comedy, I was the host of a show, we were on stage, and there he was sitting in an all-black audience with a black chick. And I was like, what is this shit? (laughs) And I was pregnant at the time, I was uh, five months pregnant and frustrated, mad, angry at everybody because my baby daddy wasn't shit, and... I went right in on them, I circled in. I was like, ooh, he looked like he can't do anything to me if I talk about them. So, <laughs> so I spent pretty much my entire set asking, asking questions about like, where did you get them from? The beauty supply store? I was so racist. And he, he enjoyed it. He came up to me after the end of the show and was like, oh my God, you were so funny, I enjoyed you. And then that was it. And then like two weeks later, he came back with a different black chick. (laughs) I was like, this dude is an Asian pimp. This is crazy. Um, And I couldn't believe it, so I had to call him out. I said, this dude was here two weeks ago with a different black chick. Um, And then I talked about them then. And after the show, he came up to me, he's like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. And at that point, he bought my DVD. And, you know, you buy him from me, you a friend at that point. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, we should follow each other on Facebook or something. And he followed me on Facebook, and uh, we didn't talk after that. That was it. I was pregnant. We didn't talk. I didn't see him. And then about maybe like a month or two later, I was on a, no, it was about a month later, I was on a rant online on Facebook talking about how much I hated men and how they disgust me and just, I was bitter. And he made a comment under a post that I made about men being the shittiest things ever. And he was like, I agree to an extent because men sometimes say things to women to influence them to have sex with them and make them feel a certain type of way, but they don't really mean it. And they should take for, you know, full responsibility for that and not put it on the woman, calling her a hoe and stuff like that. And I was like, what? And when I saw that message, it was on my phone at the time, and this is back way before, like, this is back in, like, the, the like, you couldn't do nothing but see the message. You couldn't really respond to it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I gotta get home and respond. So I, like, <laughs> ran to my computer and went to respond to it, and he had deleted it. And I was like, What? So I went to his page and I wrote a a message and was like, yo, did you just delete something from my page? (laughs) 
And his reply was, yes, I felt like it was out of context. It didn't really go with what you were trying to say and I didn't want to steer the conversation. And I was like, oh, how considerate? <laughs> what is happening? So he automatically inherited a stalker at that point. Like I was like, I gotta go through all his pictures. <laughs> Oh my God, he has a half black daughter. He's into me. <laughs> and I was like so excited after that. And I, I knew like all his friends from stalking his Facebook and everything. And, and then he, uh, he said that and I replied and was like, well, I got a chance to read what you wrote before you deleted it. And when I'm done doing me and you done doing you, let's say June 2013, does that work? And he replied and said, it does, I'll grab my tux today. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then we didn't talk again. <laughs> Until after I had the baby. And I had the baby and she was born a month early, heaven Elise. Uh, she was born in our eighth month. And I was sitting in the hospital room. I was bitter, I was unhappy. Oh, I just had a baby, baby daddy still ain't shit. And I was having like this emotional moment and then I went on Facebook and I saw that he posted a picture of some really good looking spaghetti. <laughs> so random, so random. And as much as I like to say that I was pissed off because I had been eating hospital food, I was actually at a really nice hospital and I had salmon for lunch, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> I, but at the same time, the spaghetti looked really good and I, it was under a folder that said, real men cook. And I replied, real women eat. <laughs> And so he messaged me and was like, hey, I can bring you some spaghetti up to the comedy club. When's the next time you're gonna be there? And at this time, my daughter had had a lot of complications. She was born with a heart disease called uh, non-compaction of the left ventricle cardiomyopathy, which is basically when your heart just doesn't squeeze hard enough. And she also had a lot of holes in her heart. Uh, they said it kind of looked like Swiss cheese. So when it squeezed, it doesn't even go where it should go. It just kind of goes wherever. And I and said, hey, I had the baby, she's sick, and they're transfer transferring us to Indianapolis in two weeks. So I don't know when I'm gonna be doing stand, when I'm gonna be the host of that show anymore. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, um, maybe I can meet you and bring you some before you guys head up, maybe we can do that. And we had like some back and forth text message conversation and then he gave me his phone number on Facebook Messenger and I was like, I don't text dudes on Thursdays and uh, <laughs> and so I waited until Friday and I text him <laughs> I was like I'm texting you because it's Friday and <laughs> and we talked a little bit back and forth and then we met up for breakfast uh, the Saturday before I left to go up to Indianapolis or the Saturday that I was going to Indianapolis and we met and he came with this big old we had Cracker Barrel I don't know if you guys know do they have it here yep oh my god they're pancakes um, <laughs> So we had Cracker Barrel, it was delicious, we talked, it was fun, he was, he was cute, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But I wasn't on that, you know, I just had a baby, this dude is cool, but yeah, this ain't nothing happening. And that was, that's how I was, that's what I was thinking, until he gave me the spaghetti. <laughs> Let me tell you about the spaghetti, right? Not the spaghetti itself, the way it was packaged, it was in a Trader Joe's bag, recyclable. in the good Tupperware, not the kind that you put in the microwave and it melt, no. This was like some good Tupperware. And it was a bunch of little packages of them, portioned out, garlic bread, red up, rolled up perfectly, 
silverware. I was like, oh shit, this is happening. Like, I can't, you can't let that get away from you. Who thinks like this, right? <laughs> but I really wasn't thinking like that in the moment. I just was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And I, I went to the hospital and uh, we started talking. We would talk on the phone back and forth and it just became a really cool friendship, something I really needed at the time because I was going through quite a bit, not even really knowing that I was going through a lot. I just was kind of going through the motions. Many mothers that have been through, or anybody that has been through any type of sickness, illness, or anything that you've just had to plow through, you don't think about it, you just do it. And I was in that wave of just doing. And he would come up to the hospital on the week, I mean, on the, uh, some of the weekdays, and I would drive up to Chicago to do shows on the weekend, and he would stay at the Ronald McDonald House. And we did that for 10 months. And then he bought a truck so that we can bring her home for the first time because she had a lot of medical equipment. She was on life support. And I was like, this guy is just amazing. And, and then he asked to marry me on my birthday, two days after we brought her home. And I was like, I can't believe what is happening. Like, I am becoming a Jew, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> I never thought, I never thought I'd be here. And, <laughs> and, then, and then my daughter passed away. And it was devastating. Not as much as I thought, because I had lost a child prior to her, 10 years before, and he was seven weeks, and then to have lost her, it's crazy, because I walked around the hospital kind of with this oblivion of like, God's not gonna do that again. He can't, right? But he could, obviously, and he did, and it was just like a shockwave, and we, we separated, we were together, but emotionally, we separated. And that separation, I didn't really realize until um, there was infidelity a year later, and he cheated on me. And I was like, no, not my magic unicorn. Like, how can you cheat on me? And he cheated on me with another black woman. Like, I wouldn't have been offended if she was Asian. I'd be like, he's going home, I get it. <laughs> But a black woman, like you gonna cheat on me with this pretty bitch? No. Um, and I, and I kind of backed and I was like, what just happened? What just happened to my life? And that cheat sent me into a whole nother whirlwind of like understanding life. And I moved out. I moved out the house. Um, we separated. And it was, it was a very interesting departure. And I spent six months on my own and I started to meditate. And I started to like really look at myself and look at some of the situations that I had created in my own life and, and some of the problems I was creating. Because I was one of those type of people that it grew up in a rough household. I grew up in a hood. I grew up around, you know, drug addict parents. I grew up around this type of negative energy all the time that the only thing that you could do was re retreat, retreat from the emotion and keep moving. That's what you did. And so I didn't know I had done that until he cheated. And I was angry at him. I was so angry. And I was the first woman he had ever cheated on. So I was really pissed, because I was like, how dare you make me the problem, right? The first, and I, was, I just didn't understand how to conceptualize what was going on until I started to meditate. And to wrap this up, because I don't know where I'm at, I don't have a concept of time, I'm black. Um, <laughs> throughout that process of me moving out and finding me, which I still have not found. I met with a, a synchronologist today that wrote some magnets on my back and she was like, you're not your authentic self during stand-up. I said, well, bitch, who am I? What do I do? 
how do I become that person? Like, who do, what do I say to these people? Uh, but it did start the journey. It was definitely a crossover. That infidelity, as mad as I wanted to be, and I don't know if this is the same. It's a lot of cultural differences that we deal with, but I know that some people, white women will stay with men after they cheat. If a husband cheat, they'll be like, this is part of the journey. Black women be like, oh, hell no. Like, we rally up the troops, it's going down, you know? <laughs> And so to have stayed with him, I dealt with a lot of ridicule and stuff after that, but I realized that that cheat was not him saying, I don't love you. That cheat was saying, I'm lonely. We, we should go through this together because he had been there since she was a month old. That was also his daughter. And I didn't let that be his daughter. I was like, no, my daughter died and you don't understand. And that was a little unfair of me. And so to move out and the cheat and all of those different things created a crossover in me that made me realize that the person that I was, the person that I thought myself to be, and the person I thought I had to be was not aligned with who I really, really wanted to be, which was somebody that can be loved and that could give love and that could share pain and compassion and understanding all at the same time of still being me. And the cheat helped me realize that because I moved out and, um, we fight still every day, uh, just so you know. It's not healed, it's not healed. <laughs> it's been three and a half or four years since he cheated, five years since my daughter passed away, and it's a work in progress, but having went to a synchronologist today and having collected some rocks recently and um, <laughs> don't know who I am, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> My mom is like, Rox, bitch, what happened to Jesus? I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying. I don't know what to do, I'm confused. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, it, all, it, caught, it definitely created a crossover in me uh, to just wanna be a better human, to wanna be able to understand people and know that my pain is not, a, 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 it's not in solitude, it's not an individual thing. We all have loss, we all experience it, and, and, and it's important to remember that 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 compassion that 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 genuine human emotion that we should all have uh for one another so i crossed over to becoming a jew and i actually i don't mind being a jew it's kind of cool thank you guys i've been kelly howard thank you thank you thank you <laughs> keep it going for kelly howard the Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>